Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm Jay, and this is the Rewatch Podcast. I watch movies all the time. Then I like to rewatch them, and sometimes I'll even watch them again. It doesn't matter if they're good or bad or just downright terrible. I'm going to watch them and then tell you all about them. And sometimes I'll have special guests join me. This is the Rewatch Podcast. Welcome back to the Rewatch Podcast. I am Jay Thomas, and this week we're going to do something a little bit different than usual. First off, it's just me. Sorry. I know it's kind of a bummer. I ran out of friends. And B, we're going to be talking about the newest movie from Guy Ritchie and Jason Statham, Wrath of Man, and also taking a look at the movies of the late, great Charles Grodin, including The Heartbreak Kid, Midnight Run, and Seems Like Old Times. This week isn't really so much a rewatch podcast as much as it is I watched a lot of movies for the first time podcast. Doesn't have quite the same ring to it. But here we go. First up, Guy Ritchie's Wrath of Man. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a new addition. H. Portico Security specialized in cash trucks across LA. Do you have any idea how dangerous this job can be? Some out there, yeah. We ain't the predators. We're the prey. You ready? Ready. This is your temporary sidearm. What happens if we're putting pistols in a machine gun fight? Do you have a problem? I don't know. Do I? It's a 10 grand drop. You should have been back five minutes ago. They're serious! Leave this to me. Get in the truck next time! Sorry, pal. doesn't feel right. It's like he wants trucks to get hit. He's not a cop. But if he's not a cop, what is he? The Wrath of Man gives you the big screen showdown we've been waiting for for years. Jason Statham versus Post Malone. And it does not disappoint. Now, when it comes to Guy Ritchie movies, I'm pretty hot and cold. I would say that for the most part, I don't really like them that much, but the ones that I like, I absolutely love. I think they're fantastic. Uh, which ones do I love? I mean, it's the usual suspects of his movies. Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, Snatch. I don't mind Man from Uncle. I kind of forget that he actually made that movie. And Rock and Rolla, I thought was okay. I've only seen it once, but it was better than a lot of his uh, other movies. Um, one of the few movies I actually did see in the theater in 2020 was The Gentleman, which I was not expecting to be that great because of my previous history with Guy Ritchie, but I was very surprised and liked it a lot. I bought it the second it came out, and then the trailers for Wrath of Man came out, and, you know, it looked like a Jason Statham action movie. I like Jason Statham a lot. When he teams up with Guy Ritchie, it's usually pretty good, except for Revolver. And I was like... Maybe, I don't know, it just looks kind of like a generic movie. Like, I didn't think it looked all that great. But Jason Statham returning to the world of Guy Ritchie was intriguing, but not really enough to get me to go to the theater yet. Just not there. I'm getting there. I'm close. I will return to the movie theater before too long. And I had heard that the movie was actually really good, and I needed to see it on the big screen. I was like, I don't know, man, I feel like I could just wait till digital. Well, that's now. It literally came out uh, this past Tuesday. 
it's 20 bucks to rent because it's one of the early releases. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to give it a shot. Why not? I heard it was good. And you know what? For the most part, I am really glad that I did. It is a lot of fun. The movie revolves around cash trucks in L.A. Uh, the movie starts with a cash truck getting robbed. Uh, it's just the two guys in the truck. Some banter's going on back and forth. I didn't really... I didn't really care for the opening. Like, the opening scene is, is good, but overall, like, the first, like, 20 minutes of the movie, I wasn't, like, a huge fan of. Uh, but the cash truck gets robbed. The, you can tell that things are going wrong. People die. And then soon after, you meet Jason Statham, and he's hired as the new guy at this uh, new cash truck place. And we're then introduced to Bullet, played by Holt uh, McElhaney, and Josh Hartnett. Yeah, yeah, you heard me. Josh Hartnett's in this movie. He's in movies again. I don't remember the last thing I've seen him in. Um, Josh plays Boy Sweat Dave. And that is, this right here, this is something that drives me absolutely crazy. Everyone has a nickname. And that is something that just, it's in like every Guy Ritchie movie. Everybody has a nickname. We learn why they have nicknames. I don't think we really do in this one. But I, I I don't get it. I don't know why everybody needs a nickname. Even Jason Statham's character's name is H. They just call him H. Everyone except Bullet is weird around H. Uh, he he likes him. Everybody else is like, oh, this guy's kind of weird. You know, he's he's from he's from London, and everybody's all a little sketchy around him. Well, soon after he takes the job, uh, there's a heist. He's he's in there with Josh Hartnett, and Bullet goes to do something like go get the cash, and it should take like five minutes. We're like, uh oh, something's wrong. What's happening? And there's a heist and. Uh, Josh Hartnett's all, like, scared and freaked out. And I'm like, is he a little too freaked out? Is he a little too scared? Like, is this going to come back later where he's, like, just playing this character and this this, this role to Jason Statham? Um, I'm not going to say whether or not he does or not, but uh, the, the heist starts and Jason Statham becomes, like, full-on Terminator. This is, like, 20 minutes into the movie. And I got to say, like, the first 20 minutes of this movie... I had the worst time getting into it. Like, I could not get into this movie. I, don't, I, can't, I still can't tell if it was the dialogue or the acting was just, like, kind of over the top and silly, which is saying something considering, like, I watch a lot of cheap, really ridiculous generic action movies, and I have a lot in the last year or so. But there was just something about it that just wasn't really working. But once this moment happens, uh, it's great. One of the guys in the heist is Post Malone, who I mentioned earlier. And uh, as much as I love the song Sunflower from uh, Spider-Man, I was pretty happy to watch Post Malone get hunted down by Jason Statham. Like, I don't know what it is, but maybe it's all the tattoos on his face. He just looked like he fit the character really well. He did fine. He's really not in the movie very long. Because clearly this is one of those moments where, uh, you know, Jason Statham is just going to hunt him down. And uh, that's not really a spoiler. It's in the trailer. I mean, by the way, don't watch the trailer. It gives away quite a bit of stuff. In fact, I'm not even going to get into that much about this plot because I think the less that you know about the movie, the better off you're going to be. Like, I'm not even, this is like as far as I'm going to go into what actually happens in the movie because it is, it's just a, it's a cool story to watch play out and it's kind of predictable. Like, you can kind of tell where certain characters are going. Others you really can't. Like, I was surprised by a few things, but I, just the way the, the story plays out, it's different, and they handle it in a different way, and I really liked it. It's a revenge movie. It's a really good revenge movie. It isn't really like a lot of Guy Ritchie movies. You know, he's 
got like a billion characters. They're all real quippy and funny. And a lot of his movies can kind of seem like the same thing over and over again. Like Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels is his first movie. It's great. I love it. I love the movie Snatch. But it is very similar to Lockstock. In fact, I think it was going to be a sequel or at least, you know, loosely related to it. And then, you know, a couple movies after that, it's sort of the same thing. Even the King Arthur movie is similar to those other ones. So this was quite a bit different and and I liked it. It was uh, it was a lot of fun. I, I don't know that you necessarily need to see it in the movie theater. Uh, you could if you feel safe going to the theater. Go for it. I, I think it'd be... You know, a fun action movie. Definitely, I like, I wanted popcorn so bad watching this movie. I'm actually not allowed to eat popcorn right now due to a medical condition, and it drives me absolutely insp- insane, especially when I'm watching movies like this. And it's like, you should be eating popcorn and drinking a large cherry Coke. Like, that's all I really wanted. Um, but I think, you know, if you want to stay home, spend 20 bucks, you could do a lot worse than this. This is a lot of fun. That's all the further I'm going to go with Wrath of Man. Jason Statham is awesome in it. Very Jason Statham-y in it, if that makes sense. But he's a lot harder. And this movie gets into some really dark places with some of the different twists and turns. And he doesn't say a lot. Like, Jason Statham can be funny and he can be, like, intimidating. But in this, he's just very quiet and very, like, I'm going to murder literally everyone that's on screen. And uh, he has a right to... All right, now we're going to move on to three other movies. Well, kind of three and a half, I guess. Um, Charles Grodin passed away last week, or we know however long it was since when you listen to this, but uh, he passed away at the age of 86 from uh, bone marrow cancer. And I was pretty sad because I'd always liked Charles Grodin. I mean, really, I don't know a lot of his work, but whatever I saw him in, I really liked him in it. I I just knew that the, the stuff that... I had seen, which, honestly, not a lot. I was born in 1982. So growing up, most of Charles Grodin's movies, they didn't really, like, they weren't really my, my thing. Like, Batman wasn't in them, and there were no Ghostbusters in his movies. They weren't really directed towards me. I had seen two of the Beethoven movies, like, in the 90s, and the very strange movie Clifford with Martin Short that uh, Charles Grodin played, like, the uncle and uh, just random TV appearances and cameos and certain things like uh, So I Married Max Murder off the top of my head. And I really liked him in all of those things. So, like, I knew I liked Charles Grodin, but I never really watched a lot of his movies. And, you know, after he passed away, whether I was on Twitter or whether I was on Facebook, didn't really matter. A lot of the people that I follow were talking about, you know, a lot of the good movies that he's in. And a lot of the movies that got brought up were The Heartbreak Kid Midnight Run, and Seems Like Old Times. Three movies I had never seen. I knew of them. I mean, I'd heard of all of them, but I didn't even really know he was involved in them. And um, I thought, you know what? I'm going to watch these movies. I'm going to check them out. I'm going to see, you know, if I liked liked Charles Grodin even more than I thought I did. So I went looking for the movies on Amazon, and I I found them all, except I was really bummed about The Heartbreak Kid. Because a Heartbreak Kid is not on iTunes, it's not on Voodoo, it's not on Amazon. Um, there's no DVD of it, there's no Blu-ray. I had to find it on YouTube. And I was really bummed because I hate watching stuff on YouTube. I mean, I love YouTube. I love watching YouTube things that are, like, exclusively on YouTube. But, like, movies, I feel weird about it because I know they're not, like, the authorized version of that movie. I mean, it's the movie, it's the whole thing. But, like, I don't know, I just feel weird about it. But... 
it's the only way I could see it, so I thought, you know what, I'm going to give it a shot. So the first one I watched was The Heartbreak Kid from 1972, directed by Elaine May. It's just plain, old-fashioned, corny lingo, sir. Uh, I have fallen head over heels with your Kelly here. Uh, it just, you know, it didn't take me long to make up my mind. One good look did it, actually. I said, you're lying in my spot. Oh, you are this terrific girl! You are this terrific <laughs> Now, there is a slight complication. Uh, I happen to be a newlywed. We're coming, Miami! Miami Beach, here we come! Here we come, Miami Beach! You may have seen her around the pool. Lenny! She's a nice girl, but just uh, not, not, not really my type. I put cream on. Uh, I married her because I, I thought it was the decent thing to do. Tell me it's wonderful, Lenny. I just said it. How many times you want me to say it? If you wouldn't keep asking me so much, you would have heard me say it. I, I would like I would like to know, uh, in all candor, how you feel about what I've said and uh, to ask if I have your approval. Not if they tied me to a horse and pulled me 40 miles by my tongue. Well, that's, that's an honest answer, sir. I really loved this movie. I thought it was great. In it, Charles Grodin plays Lenny, and he marries Lila, played by Jeannie Berlin, shortly after meeting her. Like, they're barely, you barely, like, they have a date, and then I think you see a couple quick other dates, and they seemed like they really like each other. And then they get married. And that's all in like five minutes. And as they're on their way to their honeymoon, he starts to notice little things that annoy him about her. Uh, in his total defense, she is super annoying. Uh, on the road, they're both sing. This it just reminded me of something that would happen in my life. They're uh, driving to the honeymoon, and they're both singing like at the top of their lungs. Then he stops, and then she's just singing, and she's terrible at it. And so much that that's actually, he says that line to her. He's like, you're, you're a terrible singer. Or it's, it's something along those lines. And when they reach their destination, Lenny meets Kelly, played by Sybil Shepherd. Naturally, he immediately falls in love with her. By the way, so did I. Like, I think I'm in love with 70s era Sybil Shepherd. I thought that when I saw Last Picture Show. I had like the same exact feeling. And then I watched this, I'm like, yep, I got a thing for 70s Sybil Shepherd. That's for sure. I mean, Lenny isn't exactly, like, Charles Grodin doesn't exactly play the most likable character here. I mean, it's funny, but he's also very assholey at the exact same time, but in, like, this weird, charming kind of way. And the way he tries to keep it together, even when Lila is just started to just kill his patience, it was hilarious. I thought it was so funny. Like, he's trying to keep it together, but he's also, like, this, you can tell he's, like, about to explode. Um, the whole time I'm thinking about how this guy is actively and barely secretly attempting to cheat on his wife, and I'm rooting for him, but not really. At the same time, I'm like, dude, you're like the worst kind of person, but I like you. I can't explain it. Even after it was over, like I wa- I wanted to watch it again, like almost right away, and I will. At some point, I'm going to rewatch The Heartbreak Kid. I really, really liked it a lot. Uh, I, I, again, I don't think I'm going to watch it on YouTube. I just feel too guilty about it. Um, but give me a nice Blu-ray, and I'll buy it immediately. Put it on digital, I'm probably going to buy it. Um, after I watched The Heartbreak Kid, a little bit later on that day, I went to HBO Max, and they had Midnight Run, which uh, that's actually been on my queue for a very long time. 
Um, I heard that it was a good buddy movie. I, I've watched a lot of the like buddy cop movies over the last year, Beverly Hills Cop and uh, Lethal Weapon. And this isn't really a buddy cop movie, but it's pretty close. Uh, from 1988, directed by Martin Brett. I love to travel by train. Oh, yeah? What do you think this is, a class trip? A tough ex-cop. Are you always this angry? A sensitive criminal. Oh, no, no, come on, come on. Cigarettes are killers. Why are we running away from the FBI? Because I got to bring it back myself, otherwise I won't get my money. They can't fly. They also suffer from acrophobia and claustrophobia. I'll tell you what, if you don't cooperate, you're going to suffer from fistophobia. They're seeing America the hard way. Why would you eat that? Because it tastes good. At gunpoint. What did you do before you did this? What qualified you for this? He's gaining. Without getting it, he's flying. Of course he's gaining. Robert De Niro. It is truly in your best interest to just relax. I'm totally relaxed. Charles Grodin. Two dollars, that's all you're going to leave? That's 15%. That's 13%. These people depend on tips for a living. From the director of Beverly Hills Cop, Midnight Run. In this, uh, Charles Grodin plays an accountant who steals from the mob. Not a wonderful idea. Robert De Niro plays a bounty hunter that tracks him down and needs to uh, take him to a bail's bondsman to get a big reward. It's like $100,000 or something like that. It's uh, it's really fun, and I'm I'm. It's one of those movies when it was over, I was so disappointed that I hadn't watched it before because I feel like I could could have watched this movie for years. I'm not positive, but this has got to be one of De Niro's first like comedic roles, and he's very good at it. Like I really liked him in this. He's like a very hard nosed bounty hunter. I mean, he's kind of funny, but he's it's more like the situations that are funny. And Charles Grodin is like the exact opposite. He's very soft spoken, a lot more <laughs> sensitive than De Niro. So the way they play back and forth with each other is really funny. And uh, I mean, they couldn't be more different, but it just works really well together. Um, it, it, they think it's just going to be like this quick midnight run is what they call it. Like it's going to be from point A to point B. They're on a train. And it doesn't go that way because they're being hunted by not only the mob, but another bounty hunter who I think is one of the partners in Beverly Hills Cop. Um, also, the FBI is after them. And uh, I laughed quite a bit during this movie. And I thought it was really, really good. Um, again, I'm definitely going to watch this one again. My only real gripe with this one is that it felt like it was a little too long. Like, it's pushing two hours and it feels like it. There's just a couple bits that I'm like, eh, I don't know that we needed all of this. And it just, I feel like it kind of started to lose some steam. But I did really like this one a lot, too. I thought it was funny. And I, if Robert De Niro and Charles Grodin made 10 more movies together, I probably would have watched them. They're pretty good. Or, I, you know, I'd watch them now. I wouldn't have watched them in 88. I was six. I was busy watching Beetlejuice. Uh, another Charles Grodin movie I watched, I, I don't know that I'm really going to add this to the list so much because I was I watched it before he died. But King Kong from 1976, I I didn't even finish it when I was watching it. I, I started watching it um, a couple weeks ago. Shout Factory put out a Blu-ray of it. And uh, this is one of the first like monster movies I really remember. I mean, I remember being terrified when King Kong's coming through the jungle. I absolutely loved it and was obsessed with it. Um, but, I mean, it's not great. The Blu-ray looks amazing. The Blu-ray looks fantastic. Charles Grodin plays kind of a piece of garbage businessman that uh, you're just kind of waiting to see him get stepped on by Kong. And you get that. Charles Grodin is is good in it, but I mean, you hate his guts. Um, the last movie that I watched starring Charles Grodin was uh, Seems Like Old Times, 
with uh, Goldie Hawn and Chevy Chase uh, from 1980, directed by Jay Sandrich. I want quiet in this courtroom. Your Honor. Your Honor. Hold it. Hold it. Hold it. Just will you hold it? No, Your Honor. Well said. Well spoken. This is the story of a lawyer and her husband, the district attorney. They offered me the attorney general spot. Oh! Surprise. You want another one? Mm-hmm. Your ex-husband robbed a bank. This is also the story of her ex-husband, a writer. I don't get it. And two thugs. This cleared up for you? No, I'm afraid not. You see, I'm blind. And a bank. Hi, can I help you? Yes, you can. And a stick-up. Read it, it's self-explanatory. What do I do? I don't know, let's take a look. Stick up, put all your money in the bag, one more sound and you're dead. God bless you. And a getaway. I was wondering if I could quit the gang. If the man wants out, let him out. And when Neil Simon brings them all together, it seems like old times. Did you rob that bank? Sort of. What do you mean, sort of? I did, but I did enjoy it. I don't believe it. You can believe it? Oh, sh- Our wedding pictures didn't turn out that good. It's part Chevy Chase. You know, the last thing in the world I want to do is hurt you. I'm putting you in any jeopardy. I'll leave right now. I'm okay. Part Goldie Hawn. Hi! Oh, where did he come from? If I was a stray dog, this is the first place I'd come to. Part Charles Grodin. They're getting off. Come on. Come on, get down. Why am I always the last one in the neighborhood to get into bed with you? Put them all together. Hold her right there. You're under arrest. Police are on their way. Didn't like the chicken, huh? <laughs> and it's the funniest Neil Simon ever. How are you gonna kidnap us if I'm the one driving the car? I'm the one holding the gun. I buy that. If you're innocent, they'll never send you to jail. Is that how it works, Chester? Not in my neighborhood. <laughs> Seems like old times. Um, when the credits rolled on this one, man, this is another one just like um, Midnight Run where I was like, I should have been watching this movie for years. I thought it was so much fun. It's silly and stupid. <laughs> it's my kind of movie. Uh, this is really... Chevy Chase at about the height of his powers. I mean, this was 1980. I think Vacation came out either that year or the next year. Um, he's great in this. He's funny. He's sarcastic. He's doing physical comedy that he used to do on SNL. And uh, Chevy Chase plays a writer who's taken hostage by bank robbers. Uh, they come and steal him and his car. And they make him go rob a bank. And he looks right into the camera. And they get a picture of him. And that puts him on the desk of Goldie Hawn, which is his ex-wife, on her uh, now DA husband, played by Charles Grodin. And Grodin is trying to become the attorney general. And the last thing that he really needs is the shenanigans and scandal of Chevy Chase showing up. Um, Goldie Hawn is also a lawyer in this. She is like the just the local attorney that uh, she has every like petty criminal that's in the area. She has work for him. One guy is like her chauffeur. The other people help in the house during parties. It's uh, it's hilarious and silly, and I really loved it. I mean, I said it before. It it could be so silly in with situations and dialogue, and it feels a lot like a play, and that makes sense. I mean, Neil Simon wrote a ton of plays, and he wrote this movie. Um, I loved so much of the setup. There's a, a subplot where Goldie Hawn, Charles Grodin have a lot of dogs, and she keeps bringing more in. I mean, there's just dogs everywhere. One's a Saint Bernard, which I'm like, ah, it's Beethoven. They called him something else, but to me it was Beethoven because Charles Grodin's in it. And the dogs are everywhere constantly, and Grodin gets very annoyed with this. And it just reminded me of the way I get annoyed with everywhere I turn around. My cats are there. We have four cats in this house. I'll either run over a cat or I'll run over a cat toy or get stuck on a toy. And I'm like, I same, man. He, the way he was getting annoyed, I was like, that's the exact same. 
the chemistry between Goldie Hawn and Charles Grodin is great. Uh, Goldie Hawn and Chevy Chase. I mean, all of them. They all work so well together. And there's a, a scene towards the end. There's a couple scenes where they're all three together. And whenever the three of them are together, it's hilarious. I loved it. There's an ending court scene where they're all talking back and forth. And I was like, this is hilarious. I love it. There's a dinner scene which goes off the rails uh, that involves uh, chicken pepperoni, which I didn't even know was a thing. And uh, it, it's great. I highly recommend it. I watched that on Stars. I, I was all over the place on the streamers trying to watch these movies. And uh, again, there's no like good big Blu-rays or anything like that. Um, but those are the all the movies I watched. And every single one I picked with Charles Grodin in it, I loved. I thought he was great in it. He's really good at just being this very dry, kind of sarcastic, deadpan guy. Every character he played, I liked him. And he was very, like... The movies were all very different, and he played them differently, but uh, I really enjoyed them. And I, it makes me sad that, you know, all these years have gone by, and I've never really, w- like, gone out of my way to watch his movies. But I really liked him a lot. I also watched a lot of uh, clips of him on talk shows like Letterman. And, I mean, he was doing the cranky bit before Harrison Ford, and I <laughs> thought it was hilarious. So, it's a bummer. I, I, you know, I'm sad Charles Grodin passed, and I... I Love these movies so much now. Um, I will gladly rewatch them anytime, and I'm so mad it took me so long to watch them. Uh, if you get a chance to check out The Heartbreak Kid, Midnight Run, Seems Like Old Times, definitely do if you've never seen them. And if you have seen them, uh, give them another look. Charles Grodin is great in every single one. So there you go. There's a different uh, different show. I'm not focusing on one particular movie. I hit four different movies. Four and a half, really, if you kind of count the half-hearted uh, King Kong mention. Uh, so check them out. Guy Ritchie's Wrath of Man. I almost said Wrath of Khan. If you've never seen Wrath of Khan, you should definitely do that. Uh, Wrath of Man is really good. Check it out in theaters or VOD now. And you can check any of these other movies out on streaming. Uh, you just got to find them. They're hidden all over the place. But it makes it fun, like a Charles Grodin treasure hunt. And I'm sure there's plenty more that I haven't seen that I will be glad to discover at some point. See you next time. Well, I guess I'm not seeing anything. It's audio. Bye. The Rewatch Podcast is an Alpha Media production.